hit it. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come in now. Oh God, do it now. Touch now the hearts and the minds of the people in Jesus' name. But like I was saying, you trust your soul with everybody else but the one that shed his blood on Calvary for your sins. And that's something I could just literally go to everybody in here and tell you it'll break your heart because you ain't ready for it. So I stay at the altar and I pray. I'm not deceived by anybody in my sight who here and who ain't here. I'm not. But sometimes when God removes the person, maybe not physically, but in a spiritual sense, move them on to something else, who's covering your soul? I can pray a general prayer. Because the Bible doesn't give you any depth about how to pray, pray for the, the shepherd to pray. It, it really doesn't. It covers the sheep. But it doesn't give you details about how in-depth it should be. But the thing about it is that the word it says, turn the one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his soul may be saved. And some of you are on the verge of that right now. You think you've been through it, and you ain't been through nothing. I'm going to tell you something, when God get a hold of you, honey, that ain't nobody, ain't no prayer can stop it. No anointing. You can pray, put your name on every uh, a mainstream pastor's list to pray for you. Well, nothing stop it. Because God is in control. How long should you be hawked between two opinions? And the opinion that you have is of yourself. The pigeon, it don't matter. It's yourself. That's what you got to overcome. I'll never forget when Pastor Forte said that years ago. The greatest thing in this walk with Christ is overcoming yourself. And you're still struggling. But you put it off on this one. You put it off on that one. But it's really you. You need to get into a place in God and stay there and be stable in the subconscious of your mind that you're going to walk this thing out and not to be in a state of apostasy. You can come into the church and do all of this stuff, but it don't matter because you ain't fronting to me because it, it, I see it. God showed me here and I, ain't got, I don't call nobody and tell you what this says the Lord, this and that. If it come up when I'm on the phone, that's another thing. But you better get somewhere quick. This is 2022. And I'm going to tell you something. Those that live in Portsmouth or surrounding areas, because they're going to Norfolk, Virginia Beach, when they open up that gambling casino, that's going to be a whole nother thing from the pit of hell that's going to be released in this region. Daniel prayed. <laughs> but the principalities of that region. And that thing is going to draw and pull people like never before. I'm just preparing you. Because all you thinking in your Christian mind is they just open up another building. Yeah, there's the people going to go there and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but it's a whole thing that's deeper than that. It's for this whole region. The thing about it is Satan got a plan, but you ain't got one. That's how he gets us in sin, because all you seeing is you and whoever else it is. But you're not seeing the dynamic. You're not looking at your family. You're not, not looking at Jesus Christ. See, it ain't got you doing that. It ain't got you looking that it's going to fall down to the third and fourth generation. Some of you say, well, I don't have kids. Okay, what about your parents? What about you standing in the gap for them because they're not in a place to do it? When God called you out, 
because he knew that the, the Bible says you can always, the sick and the poor, you're going to always have with you. This is bigger than you. This is bigger than what you can ever imagine. Please get up out of the subconscious of your mind. Selfish people can't see nothing else but themselves. This is huge. What is happening and what is going to happen in the earth. And Satan's agenda is to wipe out everybody that's got the light. The light of Christ. And he don't care how he do it. He'll turn, in this hour, he's going to turn your best friend against you. He'll turn your husband against you. He'll turn your wife against you. Matter of fact, he'll turn the pastors against you. Yeah, I said it. Those that walking halfway in the faith, yeah, they sure will. So what you going to do, keep running and, and from church hurt? If that's it, that's the whole gospel. Because reality is, we've all hurt somebody. But when it comes back to bite us, we want to act like we're innocent. But you forgot two or three years or two weeks what you just did. I speak the truth to you. Lace with the power and the blood of Jesus. I'm going to be in Exodus. The 32nd chapter. Jeremiah 10. One through four. Isaiah 44 and nine. Genesis 8 and 21. If I was going to pick a topic, it would be, my hands are equipped to fashion evil. And we're going to be talking about some things. My hands are equipped to fashion evil. I looked up the word equip. It means supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. Prepare someone mentally for a particular situation or task. Then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said about this. He said, you have the mentality to do it. So don't say that you don't have the mentality to do it. Or the working of the subconscious of your mind to do it. Equip. And I looked up the word in it about fashion. And this is the definition for fashion. It says a manner of doing something. A popular trend. Especially in style of dress or ornament. Or manners of behavior. It says make into a particular or the required form. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and said, you have a format to what you are doing. So not only do you have the subconscious of your mind to do it, because it's the drive and the thoughts of your heart. Now God says you got the ability, the mannerism behind it. So you got a required format. The way I may do it may be different than the way Danielle or Joanne or Nita or Billy may do it. But we got the required form to do it. A manner of behavior. Then I looked up the word evil. It says right here, profoundly immoral and wicked. And it says right here, and wickedness, especially when regarded as a supernatural force, because there's something in you that you can will evil, like you can will the Holy Spirit. Because there's a fine line between good and evil. So the Holy Spirit told me, you have the energy to do it. My hands are equipped to fashion evil. 
And some of you saying, oh, no, I'm not like this. Because the first thing about Christians is they want to be innocent and pure. But yet your life is not lining up with God. And that's from the pulpit to the back door. The Bible says your righteousness is nothing but as filthy rags. And it's not about works. But it's about the blood shed on Calvary that Jesus has done for us. And we bleed by faith. Exodus, the 32nd chapter. And I'm going to be skipping around. Israel willfully breaks the covenant. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods that shall go before us. They didn't want one but they wanted more than one. Because I'm going to tell you something. One God can produce many aspects of many facets of things. The Holy Spirit manifests is what the 21 gifts we're talking about. So why would you think that evil does not have many forms or aspects behind it? So a lot of times when you're casting out demons, the person got more than one demon. It may be one to enter, but then he opens the door and leaves the door to open for other things to happen. That's when, when sin keeps pulling you down to lower and lower to different depths. Because it's in the lower parts of the earth. So that means when sin comes in and you and, and, and that, that, um, that main demon comes in, and when it comes in, it opens the door for many demons and it lowers you down to different parts of the standard of the word of God that you have for yourself. Sin does not bring you up. It brings you down. Let's go on. For as many for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Because their faith was not in God, but everything was through a man. So when the man was displaced, they got weak in faith. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin, he separated man from us and he decided to live inside of us so that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead you. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit ahead of man. So whoever it is that you've fallen in life, when they're displaced in your life, you are open shell because there's nothing else there. So when Moses was displaced, faith and everything that they were following was no longer there. But I ask you today, why is it that you're still in a place that you're displaced? If Jesus Christ is the son of man, why is it that you having a hard problem following? Because the Bible is left on our account so that we can understand what God is requiring and what God is telling us to do. He tells you in Deuteronomy 28 chapter, it tells you about the blessing and the cursing. And one of the things that always standing to me about the 28th chapter is that he said uh, about the, the, um, the attacks in your mind and your heart. Let me go to Deuteronomy 28 chapter. I, I want to talk about this. And I'm just going to skip through some things in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. But let me go to Deuteronomy 28 and 28. It says, and the Lord will strike you with madness when you allow Satan to come in and it takes you down to the depths and the lower parts of yourself. There's something that goes on with your mind. And it causes you to fashion things to do evil even the more. Don't tell me about a good person. The Bible says, no, not, there's no not one that's righteous. No, there's no one that's not one that's good. Satan can step in all of us if he has the will and the opportunity to do it. And blindness, that means what? That's not a physical blindness, but let me tell you, that blindness is that you are out there not only mad, 
your way. And when a person is blind, they're constantly feeling their way through life. And confusion of heart. There's, there's always, the Bible says, out of the issues flow, out of the heart flows the issues of life. That's why when you find people, they're still in the wilderness, huh, and they just going around all the time. Huh, they blind, they mad, huh, and, and, and they got a whole lot of stuff that's just happening. It seems like the lower times, a lot of times when you go into the lower parts of yourself, huh, it seems like every issue that God can delivered you and brought you up from, huh, it seems like Satan unwinds and unwinds it. Why? Because you've given him that ability to do it. You need to understand something when you go down to the lower parts of yourself. There's nothing that Satan will not have you to do. You cannot help yourself. There's something about sin. You just can't help yourself. It just wills you to do wrong. Because you're not in control anymore. You've dropped down to the lower parts of yourself. So therefore, you're subject to anything. And that's why you're mad. There's a madness because God has wiped himself from you for a season. And he's trying to get you to a place. He's going to tell you something. God just don't let Satan just get a hold of you. But when he allows Satan to get a hold of you, I told you for the destruction of your flesh that your soul may be saved, to teach you a lesson. One thing about Nebuchadnezzar, he went mad and crazy because of pride. And that's something that every man fights. That's from the pulpit to the back door. Because pride is a part of, a part of this um, natural DNA. It's not a spiritual part because the word talks about it. And Satan was kicked out of hell because of what? Pride. He started to exalt himself. But can't nobody exalt themselves into a higher place in God unless you be abased. But Satan says, I cannot go over the spirit, but I can come underneath the spirit and work. That's why you're at the worst part of your life. Because you are dropped down to the lower part of man. Let's go back. Verse 2. Exodus 32 and 2. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. Not only is he going to get you, now Aaron has taken on a demonic form. There's something in the Bible says, like people, like priests. Because you know that Moses left him in control because he did not have the same mindset and heart as his brother. He dropped down to the lower parts of himself. And this shows you right here that Satan is going to get the bloodline. I'm just making it clear for you according to what the Spirit is telling me. He's going to take everything that he can, and the first thing he's going to take is what you love the most. Look at this. The wives, the husbands, the sons, the daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he received the gold from their hands. Oh, my God. Oh, just imagine that thing sitting there and retrieving and stripping everything that was of value. So when he gets in and you're looking at the lower part of yourself, it's going to take your family. And you're going to bring them everything 
his hand for him to work with. You have to give Satan something in order for him to work with. Not only did you bring in the souls of your family, now he's stripping you of your gold and your wealth. And he received the gold from their hands. And he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel. I want to stop there at verse 4. And I was in the botanical encyclopedia. It says, worship of the golden calf, it seems as a supreme act of apostasy. And let me tell you what apostasy is abandoning or renunciation of a religious or political belief. I want you to see this. Look and see what he's did. You have the law party yourself. They walked out of Egypt thinking bye-bye, Pharaoh. I ain't got to be a part of you, but they never have gotten the deliverance. You need to see this. They done crossed over the Red Sea. Everybody that crosses through the baptism ain't let everything go. But in our mind, we baptize and we okay. No, the devil is a lie. You got to be baptized by the blood of Jesus in your heart. Look at this. He's going down from level to level to level. The rejection of a faith once confessed. I'm back at the definition of botanical encyclopedia. This is a representation of the Egyptian bull god, Apis, A-P-I-S. In the earlier periods of the Canaanite fertility god, Baal, in the latter. And look what he's saying, I'm presenting myself to you. Follow them in the wilderness by the subconscious of their hearts and minds. But yet they're around the priest. You got one good priest, but then you got a wicked priest. And then some of you don't understand that. Judas was always there with Jesus. And this was just happened to be in his family. But look at the brotherhood of the apostle. Your enemy is always up close to you. One of the things that was very interesting that came out of the service last week was that the fact of it is about the subconscious of your mind is how you have all of these things in the subconscious of your mind and how you have wheeled this thing outside of you. And it follows you around to torment yourself. But it's only a replica of what's inside of your head. How many errands are following you? They came from the same seed, the same mama. And you have a seed of yourself. So you wheel this thing up out of you. And it follows you around. That's why you can't get free. And everything that was corrupt inside of you is in this next person that walks beside you each and every day. That you want to say it's a demon, but it's a replica of yourself. Anybody is subject. When pressure is on, Aaron failed. But so do we. That's why I thank God for shedding his blood on Calvary. We don't have a revelation of Jesus Christ. And why his purpose was so important. 
We should not be failing like this. We should not be crucifying him all over again on the cross. When we do things, we, and knowingly that we do it, Aaron knew more than anybody. And yet, he was able to fall for many different reasons. As long as you're following a person or yourself, you are limited in power. But when you follow Jesus Christ, there's no, there's, there's, there's infinity. There's, there's no uh, depletion of power. There's no depletion of strength. There's no depletion of anything because it's perfect. That's why you lean it and depending on what? Jesus Christ, the perfect Adam. The redeemed nature of man. And let's go on down. This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. You see what they're saying in the botanical encyclopedia. The supreme act of apostasy. Now he's telling them that this calf, Apis, is their God that brought them up out of Egypt. He's reversing it. He said, don't forget me. I'm the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. It was me. So Satan takes on the voice like God. Hear that? Because the people was already under the strong delusion. Do you know the that Aaron had that he probably was jealous of his brother all the time. And he stood, he thought, in the holy place. But it was in a place of corruption and power. And he's presenting to them. And remember, he's done the same thing he did with Adam and Eve, he twisted what? The word. And they didn't hear it. Because of the goal and everything that was going around and the negative energy and power. And for Aaron to fashion this evil wicked thing with his hands. He had an engraving tool. And he probably called other people to help do it. You need to see this. Not only when you drop down to the lower parts of yourself, you have the power to influence people because they're thinking that you're in a place in God and you're not. So a lot of times when you see people falling and under all of these type of religions and stuff that they are getting in a place like Jim Jones and all of this kind of stuff, you can see how it gets. It's easy because when you drop down to the lower parts of yourself, you do the same thing. The Bible says anything that's not a faith is what? Sin. Because you don't drop down to the lower parts of yourself. Not only has he stripped you, taken your children, now he's got you speaking a false reality to the people and you're operating in the spirit of deception because Satan is a part of deception, the strong delusion. And therefore you are madness in your mind. You're blinded. And your heart is full of all kind of sorts of evil things. You got part of good coming out and then you got a part of bad coming out. Can you imagine if God exposed Aaron in front of the people? Aaron would have been a disfigured of what he already created within himself. Part of the calf was good and part of the calf was bad. Just imagine if God pulled the covers off us and you'll see this dwarf 
perspective of your, who you really are spiritually. Part of it be good and part of it be this. You ever seen when these painters paint all of these things or people doing these crap with their hands? Part of the image is good and part of the image is bad. The yin and the yang. And then you sit there and you try to, what, figure it out, the picture or the sculpture. But this looked like this, this looked like that. And do you want to know why the painters, are, they're painting what is inside of them? When you look at Steven Spielberg and all the movies he had, and you be saying, how in the world? When you're at the lower part of yourself, a Harry Potter, The Matrix. He's working. But are you really paying attention? So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Let's talk about this. Because in the praise and worship, they said, upon this rock I build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. What makes it a church is the altar. Different things happen at the altar. What is on your altar? That's your secret sanctuary. What God or demigod are you channeling? What is at your altar? And he sets this demonic thing on the altar. Isn't it ironic that Moses was coming down with the Ten Commandments of the law? You see how Satan is always running ahead or think he's running ahead of God. But no, God has a plan in that. That's why he turns him over to a reprobate mind because the word was never built up in him. Why is Satan going to be running before Jesus Christ in the second end time? Because God's got a way of allowing Satan to weed out the weak, the decrepit, the blind. The madness. The madness, the blindness, the confusion of heart. He doesn't have to let to do it. You got to understand something about the threshing floor. When they thresh the wheat, the only thing that is substance after the beating is what is good and it's left on the threshing floor. But the chaff, the things that's easy to fly away, it's blown in the wind. I hope you're the good grain. I hope that you can take the pressure of this life that is here and the things to come because Aaron could not do it. The scripture talks about we're oppressed on every side, but we're not dismayed. You're going to have to be able to take the pressure to really call on the name of Jesus Christ. Some people are going to give up. They're going to walk into a state of apostasy because they have no substance. A sounding symbol and a tingling brass. As long as somebody's strong that's with you or stronger that's with you, you're able to perform the task. But what happens when you're not able to have that person or that thing there to keep you strong? Nothing but the word of God that I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. David said, as far as me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Who's going to be the one that allows the angel to paint their door with the blood of Jesus? 
in this evil, wicked hour. My hands are fashioned to equip and fashion for evil. My hands. That means God said, I place these things in your hand. And I give you death or life. You're going to have to choose it. My hands are equipped to fashion evil. What altar have you fashioned? When they made the ark, they had the measurements. Have you listened to God's instructions about how your altar should be constructed? You need to see this. Go to verse 5. Do Exodus 32 and 5. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Now he's trying to clean it up. After that demonic power is lifted up off of you, you come to yourself. And the first thing that you know within is that I'm dirty. Or I have stain on my white garment that should not be. God will always resurface after an evil act. That's why you're ashamed of your sin. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And when you come to yourself, I'm talking about come to yourself spiritually, that's why you do what? You repent. Because the reality of your sin, what made Nebuchadnezzar for going around all of those years and being crazy and madness and blindness and all of this stuff coming out, it's because he failed to repent and the prophecy had to come to pass. Some of the prophecy that's in the word of God has to come to pass in your life, but God gives you amp space and time and opportunity to repent and turn from it. I want you to see this and understand this in your life. And I want you to go with me to Jeremiah the 10th chapter. You create what you've been through. A lot of times in your life you don't understand that you're walking out of creating altars or creating all of these things like I told you the subconscious of your mind coming up out of yourself and it's tormenting you and walking you around every day. You got to understand something. Whatever you've been through in life and if it's not, you haven't got deliverance, if you have not walked into that secret place with God, that thing you're going to walk it out. Everything that's in your mind, that's what you're going to play out in your life. But it does not make it scripture. It does not make it that you're saved. It makes it to the place that you know that something is wrong with you. And if I'm talking to somebody today, I hope you come to yourself. And stop allowing that your conscience to lead you in places that God has not ordained you to go. Because when you drop down to the lower part of yourself, sometimes, in some cases, it's no return. God is not going to have you keep walking on Satan's territory and walking back. Isn't that what they did in, in Exodus the 32? Then they rise up and what? Run a praise and do a feast day. After this wicked act of no repentance. Jeremiah 10, 1 through 4. Hear the words which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says Lord, do not lean, learn the ways of the Gentiles. That's the world for us because we're the spiritual Jews. But why we're still learning the ways? That's why you got to get into place. It's going to try to attack all of us. That's why you're going to have to go to God and ask God to deal with you. 
This thing is my gospel and my relationship with God and my salvation is not against me and Trinity. But it's an individual thing, whether she continues to go on in whatever way that I once was, but yet I have to separate myself. Because God has dealt with me, and I know that my hands are equipped to do good and evil. For the Gentiles are um, dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are futile. Incapable of producing any useful result. Pointless. For one cuts a tree from the forest. The works of the hands of the workman with the axe. And you know what that axe is, is today? It's in our mouths. The Bible says you have the ability to speak life and death. How is your speech? Ain't nobody here in the Western world going out there picking up an accent and doing all of this stuff. But you better learn how to cut down the ways and the traditions of the world. You can speak life and death. Lies in the power of the hand. Or in the tongue, excuse me. You can curse your son. You can curse your daughter. By what? Your mouth. A beating is going to heal. A mark is going to heal. But that spoken word. A rhema word is something that's spoken from the word of God. A, a logos word. You need to see this. Let's go on down. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not top. See this? It ain't going to fall over on top of Let's go to Isaiah 44. But let's start at verse 9. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and the Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is what? No God. Isaiah 44 and 7. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me. And can't nobody else do it. It says, let them show these to them. Do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declare it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Indeed, there is no other rock. He's our rock and our foundation. Upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail. I told you what makes it a church is the altar. Before they put cement down, Nita and them and Billy and them know this. They lay a bunch of weak rocks down, don't they? What makes it strong is the foundation. That concrete. That's what Satan does. He give y'all them little filler rocks. That's why you stumping your your break your ankle on it and stuff. But that solid foundation, that smooth foundation, you ain't got to worry about anything. And you want to know why your altar is dilapidated? Why you study trying to? fix it and make it a foundation because it's not built on the word of God. So you're always tuggling with that thing. Aren't you always tuggling with your salvation? That thing it just ain't going to stand right. I'm tearing up the bottom and the edges of this thing. Then 
Then you try to put some bricks under it. Still wobbling. But this is our salvation. It's not built on anything because you're at the lower part of yourself. Madness, blindness, and all the issues of your heart. And you study trying to fool it with it. Instead of getting it fixed and repaired, you just like, you're always trying to do a patch job. God ain't trying to do no patch job. You need the Holy Ghost power to cut it or bring something new in your life. When God does surgery, there ain't going to be no marks because it's a spiritual thing. A little bit of leaven will destroy. God said, in this hour, I want you strong for my second coming. I want you strong for your family. I want you strong for me in the church. I want you strong for me in the marketplace. And be that beacon of light. They could throw anything on it. That thing will still beat, 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 beat. In the darkest of the fog, when that ship is out to sail, they're going to still see that beacon of light. There ain't going to be nobody else. All the other gods have what? Faded away. Have not stood up. You need to see this. When the Philistines put Dagon in that thing with God, the Ark of the Covenant, God broke with the hands and everything. God said, you keep bringing these false altars to me, they're going to fall on the face. You keep bringing it, guess what? I'm going to break the hands and the tail off. And you running around there trying to call all of these people that you think is going to help you have a solid foundation to help reconstruct or repair that corrupt altar. Isaiah 44 and 8. Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. And this is the age of the days, letting you know in his word, there ain't nothing else. Why you just don't serve me? I've proven and stood the test of time. Just like Jesus Christ has stood the test of time, he put the same thing in you. How in the world are you going through all of this stuff? You ain't lost your mind because of the blood that's been slapped on your head and wrapped around your feet. That's why you're still standing. And all of this, he still loves you. But God said, I want to love you more. I don't want to always use my power to fix you. I want to use my power in you. Those who make a graven image, all of them are useless, futile. And they, and says precious things shall not profit. They, they are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that these may be ashamed. I want to stop there. And I want to go to Genesis the 21st chapter, and I left this one because I wanted to talk to you about this one. Genesis 8 and 21. And this is God making a promise about the world. But it's one thing in this that I want to to point out to you. And this is down maybe the second or third stanza in this paragraph. Oh, it says, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. I want to talk about that. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. This thing has been in you since you were a child. 
just waiting to fester. When Aaron was glad to see his brother, but it took the, the uh, attention off of him when Moses came back. So he went from loving his brother that he missed to hating his brother for the power that he possessed. That anointing bring enemies of the anointing. That's why it's important that every man, boy, woman, or girl needs Jesus at an early age. And train up a child in the things of God. And when he's old, he shall not depart. Because you done trained it up in him. And when you read them up in the things of God, these fleshly things will not keep popping up. Because they understand the requirements. They will understand the tragedy of when you step away and you allow your flesh to take you to the lower parts of the evil part of yourself. My hands are equipped to fashion evil. I typed something in the computer this morning and I said, can your soul and your heart be um, connected in a spiritual way or in the things of God? This what popped up. Before I go, that says right here, in, it is our heart. It's in our hearts. This good and evil part. When it's in your heart, you play it out into reality, your life. This is the part when I typed in about is there a connection between your heart and your soul in a, in a Christian way. It says there is a direct relationship between the heart and the flesh. When the Bible uses the word heart, it generally refers to the inner man. The spiritual component of man consists of the spirit and the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. The word flesh refers to the physical body. My hands are fashioned for evil. I pray that something has been said and done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.